not every moment has to be filled <laughs> with a word, with a sound, with humming, with anything. Sometimes just silence and waiting patiently and breathing is just enough to get that person with aphasia to be able to su successfully get their word, their thought, their concept out. Welcome to the Listen for Life podcast with Genevieve Richardson. Genevieve is a speech-language pathologist rehabilitating adults with communication challenges after a stroke or due to a neurological impairment. Get equipped with knowledge from experts in the field and professionals you need to know. We'll hear stories and experiences from others who are navigating life with aphasia. So, put your earphones in and take a walk outside. This isn't just a podcast. This is a community, a resource, and a support system. We're in this together. Do life. Good afternoon, Aurora. Thanks for coming on today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me here and having this opportunity to talk about this amazing population. I appreciate it. And I feel so privileged to be here with you. You're awesome. So we were just talking before we hit the record button about what we're going to call this aphasia advocacy with Aurora Acevedo. Yes. Yes. Thank you for being here. Yes, this is going to be great. Okay. So just a little behind the scenes, you mm -hmm. and I met this summer mm -hmm. because you had a summer program down at UT Health in San Antonio, the mm -hmm. Communication Sciences and Disorders Program. Tell me in general, what did you think of that two-week intensive aphasia session? Well, it was quite a privilege to work with these individuals and to be a part of this. This was their second or third year, I believe, having this aphasia group. And we got to see a lot of lovely people. In the session that we were in, we had a variety of different types of aphasia, but for the next group that came in after us, they all had primary progressive aphasia. So they had a little bit of variety for everybody. And it was so nice to see everybody coming together and just having this community in a safe place where they could meet other people who had the same you know, difficulties that they share within each other. And not only was it for the individuals with aphasia, but we also had the opportunity to work with the families and do a little bit of family counseling and therapy as well. And some started on how to work together and you know find resources so it was it was really amazing I just keep talking about how wonderful the program was for the two weeks we were there it was intense and mm -hmm. intensive and a huge learning environment and all the folks with aphasia that left were like we want more yeah. And the good part about it is we're doing something about that and we're doing more. We're actually extending our program to not just be a summer program, but each month we're going to try to have another session where we can get together and have a large group with everybody who has participated or more people who want to participate. So coming soon, there are going to be monthly meetings for everybody to kind of come together, learn strategies, work with the grad student and find resources. So love it. Good news to come. Yeah, it is, you know, and that's the other thing I love about UT Health. It's a pretty new program, but the professors there are working really hard to innovate and think outside mm -hmm. the box and they are evolving too. the programs evolving. It's really exciting. Yeah. So more to come. More to come.
So we're going to talk about aphasia advocacy specifically today. Now, how did this come up in the summer program? So basically each week we, the grad students had a different topic to discuss and each grad student got to pick their topic of choice, whether it be different types of strategies we can use in therapy, strategies we can use at home. I personally was very interested in self-advocacy and I think it's so important for people to not only advocate for themselves, but advocate for others. So this was my topic of interest because I feel really passionate about this one. So yeah, that's kind of how it started. So what does that look like? How do, how does, so I would like to take it from two perspectives, Mm -hmm. the perspective of the person with aphasia, Mm -hmm. and also we'll wrap up our conversation with how does the spouse or family help that person advocate for themselves out in the community? Yeah, absolutely. So starting off with the individual with aphasia, of course, they're going to have experienced, you know, frustration, anxiety, they may have social withdrawn, or they might be feeling inadequate in some ways because of this, this new language loss that kind of just pulls you away from who you were previously, how you talk to other people, or even just basic conversational understanding. If somebody, you might have, you know, Wernicke aphasia where you just don't understand what you're saying and you might not understand what other people are saying. So it kind of takes you away from this connectedness within society and the people that you love. So advocating for yourself is very important because no one's going to be a better advocate than themselves. You know where you came from, you know what your experiences are, and it's important to say, hey, I'm worthy and I'm important and this is why. You know, aphasia can take away your language, but it doesn't take away who you are. You still have those great qualities. You still have those hobbies that you love to do. You still have your family that you want to be able to connect with. And it's also very important to kind of get involved in your care, know your professionals, who are you going to be working with? Is it the speech therapist? Is it going to be the occupational therapist? Is it going to be the physical therapist or even a psychiatrist or psychologist? It's important to know your professionals and build a strong team for yourself. That way you can receive the best care available to you and make sure that you are rehabilitating in a direction that you think is most important to yourself. Because everybody has a different journey and every Everybody has a different experience with aphasia because not all accidents look the same. Everybody has a different starting point, you know, and their accidents all look different. So it's important to take this kind of cohesive collaboration amongst, you know, not only your past history, but also your health and your medical history and kind of intertwine it into creating this new path for you. And it's also important to stay educated and to use your professional, your professionals around you to kind of keep that education on what's going on, what is, what direction are you going in and where have you came from? Because that can also help motivate you to keep going because the progress might be little, it might be great, but again, everybody's journey is different and you just gotta, you know, take control and and tell people, hey, I am worthy. And as far as the individual, the partners, you know, it's great to advocate for your partner saying like, you know, this is the person that I loved and they're still the person that I love. And they can advocate in any way, like going out to a restaurant and saying like, let me have the conversation, please listen to me. Or, you know, let giving your spouse the opportunity to, um, 
take their time with ordering whatever that they want or whatever food, no matter how many hiccups along the way, you know, if, if the individual with aphasia wants your help, then of course, be there to help them. But if that person doesn't want your help and they really want to try, it's important to recognize that maybe I should put my feelings to the side and say like, okay, even though this might be a stressful situation, I need to rail it back in and just say, hey, they can do it. I'm going to let them do it. And we're going to go from there. So, you know, sometimes it's just, you want to help, but it just depends on the person that you're with. Do they want your help, you know, help them if they do. And if they don't want your help, let them learn and let them, you know, be their own independent person. Perfect. So let's take your client specifically. Obviously we can't call him by name, although if he listens to this podcast, he's going to know we're talking about him. Yeah. So he was just a dynamo. Loved, loved, loved watching you and your co-clinician work with him. What, tell us specifically, what was his advocacy statement? How did he, not only coming up with the words, that were his advocacy statement, how did he use it? How did he apply it? So he was very motivated. He was a great person to work with. I mean, he was such a doll. He did everything he could to improve where he came from and like his accident. And so he was motivated throughout the entire thing, but he we sat down and we said, what is important to you? What do you want other people to know about you? And he basically laid the foundation. Sometimes with aphasia, you want to say something and you cannot say it. And he thought it was really important that with other people, they needed to be patient and to just be quiet, give him the time to say what he wanted to say, get, be patient with him, you know, understand that certain situations like being in a loud and noisy environment or having, you know, 10 people around you talking and not giving you the chance to speak up, to just be cognizant and say, hey, like this person exists in this conversation too, let me give them a chance. And so he found it really important to, in his own advocacy statement say, in noisy environments, it's harder for me. When there's a bunch of people talking, it's harder for me. When you're speaking fast, it's harder for me to understand. So give me the chance and listen to me. Give me that opportunity to take a hold of that conversation and be involved. Because these are people he had been friends with for many years. And now he was sitting on the sidelines and you know, with aphasia, it's so hard sometimes to jump in because your brain is going fast, but your mouth might not catch up, right? It might not say what you wanted to say, or, you know, there's a mis there's a misfire between what you're thinking and what's coming out. And in a high paced setting, you know, that can be even more difficult to be involved in the conversation. So he thought it was necessary for people to understand to be quiet in a nice way. He said it in a different way, but he did well so what stood out with me is he said several things one of them i was an executive didn't he say i'm a genius genius yes, yes. he also said silence is golden mm-hmm. and that was his funny way because he cracked up every time he said it but that was his way of advocating for people to just be quiet 
Not every moment has to be filled mm -hmm. with a word, with a sound, with humming, with anything. Sometimes just silence and waiting patiently and breathing is just enough to get that person with aphasia to be able to su successfully get their word, their thought, their concept out. Absolutely. So he said, silence is golden. Or just shut up. What did he say? Silence is golden or, or just, just shut, shut up. up. Yeah. And yeah, that was his favorite part. <laughs> it, that was his favorite part. So what was cool about him in particular in this summer group is he had to leave a day early because he mm -hmm. was traveling and he was able to pre present himself and his advocacy statement to the group. It was the group mm -hmm. as a whole all the participants and their families that were there, all the grad students that were participating. And he did a heck of a job. Mm -hmm. But it had some hiccups along the way. He so did. But you know what? That's life, right? That's what you and I are doing right now. We are not polished broadcast journalists. No. We are life. You know, we are here for the right reason. But what I loved about him is and what you and your co-clinician did with him is you walked him through literally what would he say in what situations and how would he say it as part of his advocacy statement and what what you so you literally trained the generalization Mm -hmm. So he liked to go to happy hour every week or a couple times a week with his longtime friends. Mm -hmm. You guys worked with him to get him to say his advocacy statement for that group of people. Mm -hmm. You got him to do his advocacy statement with people that didn't know him. Like, just give me a minute. Mm -hmm. It was incredibly powerful for him. Absolutely. He was so, he felt, he had told us he felt so proud and he felt so connected to finally be up in front of a group speaking again, because he used, he was um, a CEO. He was a presenter. He had to speak to people. He had to speak in front of people. And so this provided him an opportunity to speak in front of a people who had aphasia, to speak in front of a group of people who don't have aphasia. And so also he told us that he went home and during a family dinner, he said it in front of his entire family. And that just, it was so important to him to be able to have that opportunity to do something he was able to do before and really shine. He, his confidence, he came in as a pretty confident guy, mm -hmm. but at the end of two weeks, he was just glowing with his confidence and he felt like he could take it all on. Mm -hmm. And you guys gave him the tools. You helped him find the words, number one. You helped him apply it to different situations so that he could almost visualize it and, you know, see it happen in real time. Mm -hmm. And I know we didn't, his wife did attend the, his group talk when he gave his presentation, but she wasn't particularly or specifically trained. He could speak pretty well for himself, but there were other participants there that we had to help train their person 
their significant other how to advocate for them. And what I saw is the caregiver, I'm just gonna say caregiver is the blanket word, also needs that specific training. Here's what you can say in this situation. Here's what you can say in this situation. Absolutely. It can be hard sometimes to really, you know, make that connection because they're not the one with the fascia, right? They're not the one having to deal with that situation in every day-to-day -day conversation. And so they might feel the need to overcompensate or, you know, just try to take over the situation and there's strategies out there and there's resources out there that you, that you can find to help the caregivers really understand ways to help their specific you know spouse or cousin or family member the way that they need it you know the way that they would like to be helped i think it's always important to check in with the person with aphasia <laughs> if you think if you're the spouse and you think I should say it this way, check in with them first. Say, Absolutely. is it okay if I say it this way? Or would you prefer I say it another way? Again, you have to tailor your communication to the person that you're communicating with. Okay, so can we boil this down? And I know I'm putting you on the spot, but we can do it together. How okay. do we help a person advocate for themselves? What do, what do you think the steps might be? So it would, Baseline, you know, you want to start by talking with the person with aphasia. And if they're not, you know, if they really have severe aphasia and they're struggling to speak, grab a paper and pen, you know, if they're able to write, find out, you know, what it, what exactly do they want for them? You need to have that conversation about what they want. And even if that takes hours, even if you need breaks, even if you need to come back to it, take the time to really sit down and digest what that individual wants first. Do they want to have a card on their pocket, you know, an aphasia card that says, hi, I have aphasia. It's X, Y, and Z, please treat me this way and hand it to the person at the coffee shop when they're getting coffee or have it ready. Maybe you're in a car accident and you're, you're being evaluated and they think that something's super, you know, maybe you're not in critical condition. You just have aphasia, hand the card over and say, hey, I have aphasia, I need X, Y, and Z. So you can have an aphasia card. You can have an aphasia book and, and that can look something like, you know, what are the, what is this person's interests? What are their favorite foods? What are their favorite drinks? What do they like to watch? And in regular conversation, maybe that, that individual can pull the book out and point, hey, I want a hamburger today from this place, or hey, I want a pasta, or, you know, whatever it may be, they can point to it, whatever that they see fit. So you can have cards, you can have books, Maybe they, the individual doesn't want either of those and they want to be completely reliant on their, you know, verbal communication or their gestural communication. And so you can advocate for them by saying, excuse me, we've been having a conversation for 20 minutes. John would like to say something, I think, or John wants to get into this conversation or, you know, something as simple as, what do you think, John? How would you like it? That's you know, just redirecting. Yeah, just taking taking control of that conversation by incorporating them. You might just not have to say, okay, everybody stop and listen. You could say, hey, what do you think about that? And then pause and give them that silence and give them that time to speak, you know, and it can, however the individual wants it and however you 
had that initial conversation, make sure that you are incorporating that in your everyday life because it's not just a when we get together kind of a thing. You should be advocating every day in every situation, not only for yourself, but for your spouse or your friend or your partner. Some content that could go on one of those aphasia cards could be, I need more time. Mm -hmm. Don't interrupt, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes our, our folks with aphasia, that is the worst thing us as other individuals around them worst thing we can do we think we're helping because it's taken 10 seconds for them to come up with a word so we think oh we need to jump in and cue them our i would say most of our aphasia folks say no you just because you just derailed them you just made them lose their train of thought mm -hmm. so keep it simple time, time keep it simple sometimes our folks just need two choices do you want a hamburger or do you want a hot dog give them two choices and wait for the answer. Don't say hamburger, hot dog. Did you want mustard and pickles and onions and blah, blah. Don't, verbal diarrhea does not help our <laughs> folks. Keep it simple, lots of pauses. So this is just a, a jumping off point today, Aurora, that I wanted to introduce advocacy. You know, it's something I wanna develop further and give everybody a handout and Part of this is going into the communication partner training course <laughs> that I am building and you guys are helping me with great content and ideas. One other thing that came up interesting as we are here in Texas, that Texas is offering for the backside of the driver's license. Do you remember what it's called Aurora, where you can list on the back of your driver's license that you have aphasia? morning, I saw the billboard that says, if you have a communication impairment, you can get this XYZ put on the back of your driver's license. I promise folks, I'll look it up. I'll put it in the show notes. First time I'd come across it. And I thought that was <laughs> tremendous. Yeah. And they also like our patient this summer, um, he had a bracelet that was on his Apple watch. That's right. Yes. Roadid.com folks. Mm -hmm. I'm not wearing my Apple watch, but it's a little metal piece of metal that slides onto the wristband of the Apple watch and they make them for the Google watches and all of them. And you can put your contact information, mm -hmm. communication, medical, it's like a medical alert bracelet, basically mm -hmm. that goes on your Apple watch. And that's pretty clever too. Mm -hmm. Very important, especially if you were to be in an accident or, you know, like our patient off biking and something happens. So I think it's really important, great way to make sure that you're safe and you're understood in all situations. Terrific. Yeah. Well, thank, well, thank you, you, Aurora. Uh, yes, thanks thank for you coming for on me. and good luck with finals. I hope you enjoyed that episode and had some good takeaways about communicating with your person with aphasia. I will link in the show notes, the road ID tag, which is roadid.com, which can be added to any Apple Watch or Google Watch, any smartwatch band you have. Also, I will link to the Communication Impediment Designations Law with a document about how that law came to be and who it's for, as well as an application for those of you who live in Texas. I'm hoping that other states have something similar available for your person with aphasia. Thanks for joining us this week. As always, I am grateful to each of you for listening. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Listen for Life podcast. We hope you feel empowered and supported. Head over to listenforlifepodcast.com to see the show notes with links and information from today's episode. Do you have a topic, a resource to share, or a guest recommendation? Inquiring minds want to know. Let us know in the comments section. Wishing you a fabulous week.